We're going to be looking at our Bibles today in the Gospel of Luke. Thank you for tuning in and watching today uh, because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We're going to be recording uh, some Bible messages, some Bible studies online, and we appreciate you uh, tuning in today. We're in Luke chapter 22. We're going to be looking at a passage uh, from the Bible that is a time of great trial, really unprecedented challenges to the disciples. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 31, Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. The Bible says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So the Lord is warning Peter that there was a time of great testing ahead. We'll look more at that in a moment, but Jesus said that Satan was going to sift him as wheat. It goes on to say in verse 33, and he said unto him, Peter said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. So Peter, of course, did not grasp uh, the significance of what lie ahead. And, you know, let's just think about this before we pray today. Trials are a part of life. They're a part of every life. Trials can come in various shapes and sizes. They can come in the form of health problems, financial difficulties, and of course, many other things. We can't avoid them. We cannot avoid trials, but we want to weather whatever storms come our way in a way that would be pleasing to God, that would glorify Him. And we're going to look at this passage today and lift from it several principles about times of trials. And let's pray as we begin. Our Father, as we pray today, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the technology, the means that we have to get your word out in ways that would never have been possible just to couple of generations ago. And so we pray that you'd bless today. We pray for each of us as we study your word, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. We pray, Lord, that you would speak not only to our minds, but also to our hearts. I pray that you would encourage us, you'd feed us. Lord, you'd use your word and use the times that we're going through to strengthen us and to glorify yourself. And we pray for these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at this passage uh, today, we're going to uh, talk about several different things. We'll break it up into several segments and talk about some principles or lessons that we can learn from it. And the first one is the timing of trials. You know, when you think about it, trials are never convenient. And they can come at the most inopportune times. And of course, we're thinking today about current events. You know, just a few weeks ago, in, in many respects, our country was flourishing. 
Our economy was booming. Unemployment was at record lows, and we could go on and on about that. Not that we're perfect, but we were really uh, sailing with the wind at our back, it seemed. Um, just a few weeks later, though, many things have changed. You know, if you go to the grocery store, items at the grocery store are being rationed, uh, empty shelves, unlike anything we've seen, maybe in our lifetime. Uh, I read stories about um, arguments and conflicts, even having to have police present when supply trucks are coming in to unload produce or products, police having to be there to keep down the confusion, the chaos. Unusual times are upon us. The fear of an unknown disease uh, is not only affecting many people emotionally, obviously it's affecting people uh, physically in their health, but in a larger uh, way, it's, there's, a, there's a concern that it could overtake our healthcare system. And then we have the inconvenience of travel restrictions, not only here, but abroad, affecting family members, affecting events, affecting the work of missions, uh, assembling together has been basically forbidden in groups of 10 or more. Uh, all these things a few weeks ago would have just seemed unrealistic, exaggerations. Um, now there more and more areas are putting requirements of remaining in place. Uh, you can't leave unless it's for something essential that you're going to do. They want you to stay in your homes. And all of these things are designed to, to stop the spread of this disease, this virus, and to protect the lives of others. Uh, many people keep an eye on how their stocks are doing and the value of retirement funds for many people have decreased as much as 30% since the high in February. We're all hopeful that these things will rebound soon, but the point is we're talking about the, the timing of trials. Trials are never convenient. Let's think about our text, Luke chapter 22, and think about the test, the trial that Peter is about to go into. It's hard for you and I, and I'd like for you to ask you to think about this today, but it's hard for you and I to uh, imagine what was happening in the disciples' world. Uh, Jesus, if you're familiar with the Bible, we've been studying this in the Gospel of Luke in our church on Sunday mornings, but Jesus had been preparing the disciples for what's about to occur. He'd been telling the disciples on a number of occasions that they were gonna go into Jerusalem. He would be betrayed into the hands of evil men, that he would eventually be crucified, that he would be killed. And three days later, he would raise from the dead. And he's been preparing the disciples for his impending death. As we look in Luke chapter 22, we're getting closer and closer. The Passover is behind them. The next stop uh, for the disciples and Jesus will be uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he would, he would agonize, he would take uh, the weight of our sin 
upon himself. He would sweat as it were great drops of blood. Uh, Judas Iscariot would betray him there. So this, this time, we're talking about the timing of trials. This time was a time of unprecedented difficulty and stress. And um, in the midst of this upheaval, in the midst of this, this tremendous time of anxiety, when Jesus needed Peter the most, and when the disciples needed Peter's leadership like never before, Peter is about to experience a severe test. So you see the importance of this simple thought about the timing of trials. They come sometimes at what seems like, as I said earlier, the most inopportune moments. The second thing I'd like to notice and talk about in our passage is the subjects of trials. Who goes through trials? How does God uh, randomly select the person, the trials, the difficulty as with Peter's life? And I just want to say that trials are no respecter of persons. You know, we're talking about Peter today. And if we were to look in the first epistle of Peter, this is what Peter said about trials. He said, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The things he says that you're going through, other people around the world are going through as well. When Jesus spoke about this time of intense trial here in Luke's gospel, in one of the other gospels, when he spoke about it in the gospel of Mark, he said this, think about these words. I don't emphasize the first two words, all ye. Speaking to his disciples, he said, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. So Jesus said, it's not just Peter that's going to be experiencing this trial. All of you, all the disciples will be offended. The point being, none of us are exempt. None of us are exempt from trials. No matter how long we've been saved, no matter how, what our age is, where we are in the country, none of, us, none of us are exempt. But I want to emphasize something about this because we think about Simon Peter. Simon Peter, of course, had his faults. But Simon Peter was, if I could use this language, one of God's finest. He was the leader, maybe the unspoken leader, but the leader among the disciples. He would become such a powerful tool of God in the weeks ahead. But the point is this, trials can come to the godliest of people. Trials can come to the most sincere saints. It's a mistake for us to assume that trials mainly come to those perhaps who have sinned or they're being chastened or maybe they did something wrong, but that's not true. Trials come to any of us. Trials come to all of us and trials come even to the most sincere and devoted and dedicated Christians that there are. Now we're gonna come right back here to Luke chapter 22, but I'd invite you to turn in your Bible 
with me today to the book of Job. Job, the book just before Psalms. And we're gonna look at the first verse of the first chapter of Job. And then we're gonna read a couple of other verses to illustrate this point about trials and the subjects of trials. Who, who um, are subject, what believers, who's, what people are subject to trials? And the answer of course is all are. But Job chapter one and verse one begins with these words. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed or uh, resisted or hated or avoided evil. Now look, notice the description of this man, Job. He was perfect, he was mature, he was God-fearing, he feared God, he was upright, he was a man of integrity, he, he despised sin. That's the, that's the record of the Bible concerning Job. If you look down in verse seven of the same uh, chapter, it says, and the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and saying, and said, excuse me, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, and notice this description of Job. The Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? God recommended him and, and referred to Job as God's servant, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And so here again, we see the character of Job. The point being that godly people are not exempt from trials. I personally can say that some of the most godly people that I know have gone through some of the most difficult periods in their life. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how godly you are. Everyone goes through trials. So first of all, we're talking about today the timing of trials and then the subjects of trials, who experiences trials. And the third thing, and we're back in uh, chapter 22 of Luke, if you get back over there with me, I want to look at what I want to call the dynamics that are work, at work in trials, the dynamics in trials. Let's talk about Peter's case. We look here in Luke chapter 22, we're in verse 31. Uh, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. So we see the role of Satan. Satan is involved in this test. It says in verse 31, Satan hath desired to have you. Satan wanted to try Peter. Jesus is saying this to Simon Peter. Satan wants to get at you. So we see that Satan had a role in it. The second thing we see is that God was well aware of it. As a matter of fact, God was aware of it in advance because the Lord said to Simon, Simon, this is what's going to happen. This is what the future holds for you. And he even, even promised to be praying for Peter, interceding for him in verse 32. He said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So we see that Satan had a role in it. We see that God was well aware of it in advance. 
We see that Jesus is praying for Peter. So we have these different dynamics going on in this trial. And obviously, Peter's involved. Peter contributed to this train wreck, if we could use that terminology, what's about to occur. And one of the reasons that Peter failed this test is because he had this inflated view of himself. Look in verse 33, after Jesus promised in 32 uh, to, that he would pray for him. Look in verse 33, and he said unto him, Peter said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Lord, I'm, I'm prepared for whatever happens. That was Peter's own words, his own sentiment. And verse 34, of course, Jesus said, I tell thee, Peter, the, rock, the, the cock shall not crow this day before, thou, before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Peter said, I'd never do this. And Jesus said, it's going to happen today. You don't really realize where you are. And so Peter entered into these temptations. Jesus warned him. Peter didn't have to. Jesus knew he was going to. And may I say to you, Today, sometimes our trials are self-inflicted and, and we see a picture of that, a part of that in Peter's life. So look at the dynamics. God permitted it, Satan delivered it, and Peter entered into it. He failed the test. The dynamics that are at work in our trials, I think it's important to realize that sometimes all these things are true and some people wanna just blame the devil for it. Well, the devil may have a role in it, but we understand from the Bible that the devil's limited in what he can do. And we can't just blame the devil and we can't just blame God and we can't just blame ourselves. All these things enter into it. And the same thing, we're not gonna to turn to it, but the same thing was true in the record of Job. You remember Satan was on the prowl. He was looking for someone when God Ask him of what he was doing. He said, I'm walking to and fro in the earth. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? You know what Satan was looking for? He's looking for someone to attack. And may I say to you today, he's still looking for someone to attack. He's looking for people. Uh, Peter wrote in his epistles um, that, that he walks about, Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour us. He wants to destroy us. So, so we see this dynamic in Job's life. Satan was involved, but we also see clearly that God permitted it. God, God is the one that brought up Job's name to, to Satan. To blame it all on the devil is just not accurate. And really our focus always but especially in times of trial, our focus needs to be on the Lord more than anything else. And you know, another thing, Job, Job in, went through this and we appreciate his testimony so much, but Job really needed this. There were some things that Job needed to see about himself that through this time of testing, he was able to see. And it's, same, it's the same thing in our life. Through our storms, we want to learn more about God's will, about God's goodness, about God's faithfulness, but even about things in our life that need to change. So let's think about uh, where we are today. The place we are today is a country, is families, 
unable at this point to assemble together as a church. Let's think about where we are. And you know, people have a tendency to want to blame someone. People want to blame our government. People want to say that, you know, that this is all because of a, some conspiracy or they want to blame other people and they want to, they want to judge and criticize things that are going on. And I'm not saying I agree with everything that's going on, but I asked the question today, did God not know this was going to happen? Did this come as a surprise to God? With, with all these things that are happening that are interrupting our lifestyle and are challenging our, our emotional health, our physical health, are all of these things the work of Satan and God somehow could not stop it from happening? No, I think we have to admit that God knew this was going to happen. And we also can assume that in the midst of this, that God would seek to use it, but also that Satan would seek to use it, that the devil wants to use it to hinder God's work, that the devil wants to use it to hinder our spiritual growth, that the devil wants to use it to sidetrack us or, or cause us to fear, cause us to doubt, those kinds of things. And so in the midst of it, God is involved. I'm sure the devil has his role. He wants to do certain things. But then let's think about ourselves. We want our response to be that of faith, godliness, that we want to respond in a way that would please and glorify God. So we have the dynamics at work in trials. And I hope you can see that today. And let's just say a word about this trial that Peter was going through and trials that we go through. I'm gonna call this the experience of trials. Peter would be sifted. If you look in verse 31, I hope you have your Bible still there open before you. It says, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as sweet. Now, the language may not be familiar with all of us, but it's clear when you think about what he was referring to, the object lesson, he wants to sift you as sweet. A sieve is something that was used uh, to shake grain. The grain would be put in the, the sieve and it does, you know, it could be a small thing. We picture things that are small, but it could be a larger thing. And the purpose of it the purpose of going through the sieve is it's going to separate the chaff, the waste, the byproduct, the thing that is not valuable from the fruit of the grain, which is valuable. And how does that happen? It's, it goes through this sieve and it's, it's a shaking process. And if you can visualize this, you put, you put the wheat in there, whatever the, the grain might be. And as you shake it, the good product will come through the sieve and the chaff, we would call it, the chaff, the, the part of it that's not valuable, would be separated. And so it's a shaking process. And when the Lord said this to Simon, that Satan desires to have you, to sift you, he said, he's gonna put you, he's gonna put you, we would say, put you through the ringer. We would say, He's going to shake you. You're going to be shaken. And really, we feel trials. The more severe the trial, the more we feel it. It can shake us up. It can cause us to be fearful. It can cause us to worry. Imagine as we think back about Job's calamities. 
Almost all of us are somewhat familiar or very familiar with that. Job, what all was affected in Job's life? His finances were affected, his possessions, he lost his livestock, his servants, his, his wealth was affected, his family, he lost family members, his children, even his wife was affected emotionally, his health was affected, his body was covered with these boils, his faith was shaken. Think about this. Think about the illustration that Jesus said to Peter, Satan wants to, to sift you as wheat. And in, in Peter's life, he would feel this. In Job's life, he would feel this. It would be painful, it wouldn't be pleasant. And I'm not trying to exaggerate this or create fear, but I'm just telling you, trials are not pleasant. If they're health issues, if they're family issues, if they're financial issues, they're not pleasant. Um, Peter, again, referring to Peter, when he wrote in his epistles, he referred to these trials as fiery trials that are a test of our faith. They test our faith. Job's faith was tested. So let's just kind of review. We see, we see first of all, that uh, the timing of trials can come at times that we would probably wouldn't prefer. They're not on our schedule, on our calendar. We also see that trials affect other, everyone. Any, any one of us can be a part of it. And many people, most people are affected by these trials we're going through today. And then we see the dynamics. Satan is sometimes involved and God certainly allows that. And we have our own response that we are responsible for. And then we see that trials are trials, they're difficulties, they're tests. But then I wanna think finally about the outcome of trials. And I'm still looking at Luke chapter 22 and verse 32. After Jesus said in verse 31 to Peter, Simon hath a Satan, excuse me, hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Notice what Jesus said in verse 32. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, that your faith will endure this test, this trial. Can I just say today that it's, a, it's so comforting and reassuring to know that in our trials we're not alone. Jesus is with us and Jesus is praying for us. He said, I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And then look at this greatly encouraging uh, portion of verse 32. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. That's not talking about Peter being saved, conversion. It's talking about when he comes through the trial, when he comes through it, when he when he comes out on the other side of it, when he's changed because of it. This was a trial that Peter was not expecting. It was also a trial that Peter did not think he would fail, but he did fail. He failed the test, and as a result, he was broken. The Bible records that he went out and wept bitterly. But you know what Jesus said to Peter before we ever, this ever happened? When, the, when you come through this, Peter, you're going to be able to help others. Again, verse 32. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know it's true in Peter's life that in a matter of days after this great failure, 
you could say weeks, he was greatly used of God. And after denying the Lord, fast forward and we see Simon Peter preaching the gospel and thousands of people being saved. The outcome of trials. This was a dark time for Simon Peter, but it taught him some things about himself. It taught him some things about trials. It taught him some things about the faithfulness of God. And we find this throughout the Bible. We find it in the epistles of Peter, where he said in, in chapter one of first Peter, he said, if need be, you're going to go through these trials, these times of trials. And he said that basically, and I'm, I'm kind of generalizing and summarizing. He says, you're going to bring glory to God. We see the same thing in Job. We've talked about Job a lot today. Job, Job said this later on in the book of Job, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He said, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be purer. I'm going to be more godly. I'll be better because of it. And if you look at the last chapter of the book of Job, it says that his latter end was better than his beginning. We're talking about the outcome of trials. You know, trials are painful. Trials are difficult. Trials are inconvenient. Trials shake us up. Trials can affect us universally. Trials can affect the most godly person. But in the end, God can use trials. I was reminded of a story about the, the person of Helen Keller. She was born in 1880 and she lived until the late 1960s. And if you're familiar with Helen Keller's biography, she was stricken with deafness and blindness when she was an infant. And yet she excelled in spite of her disabilities. Um, she was the first deaf and blind person to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. She once said this about, the, about character, about personal character. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened. Vision can be cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved. In other words, character is developed. This woman said character is developed through trials and difficulty. The outcome of our trials will be determined by our response. And I want to encourage you, however this fits into your life, into your world uh, today, that let's respond in faith and not in fear. Let's, let's love God. Let's help one another. Let's seek to uh, glorify God. Let's seek for our responses to be not of panic, not of fear, not of, not of uh, unbelief, but let's trust that God, the God who allowed us to go through this time of difficulty, the God who allowed us to experience this really upheaval of our world is good enough and powerful enough and wise enough to bring us through it and even bring us, bring us through it better than we were when we began. The trials of our faith can be much more precious, Peter said, than of gold that perisheth. Let's pray together. 
Our Father, we thank you for your word today. And I thank you just as we've studied your word and looked at this trial in Peter's life, that we can see these principles about the trials that we go through, that our families go through, that our loved ones are going through. And Lord, you know where we are today. You know um, the way our world, our comfort zone has been expanded, turned upside down in a way. But Father, we don't look past the inconvenience, past the problems and look to you and trust you today that Lord, you'll guide us, you'll protect us, you'll enlarge us and that you'll be glorified and honored. Lord, we want you to receive honor and glory by the way we respond and trust you through this time of our life. And we'll thank you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.